0: This is Paul Nobles from Eat to Perform, and I am sitting here with my trusty assistant, Sarah Kumar. Sarah, Sarah, do you want to say hello to everyone?
1: Hello, everyone. Happy Friday.
0: Happy Cinco de Mayo.
1: Happy Cinco de Mayo.
0: (laughs) I'm super excited about Cinco de Mayo because uh, Cinco de Mayo for the unobservant folks um, that aren't into boxing is a very big boxing weekend. Um, Ah. And uh, so there's a very big boxing match tomorrow. Um, not sure. Well, I won't be staying up for it. You guys will we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but I wanted to talk about something that was kind of interesting. Um, so I just went for a walk. And um, it is about 70 degrees here, which is really nice for Minnesota. So as I was walking, I took my shirt off. Right. And, uh, right. one of the things that, and, and, let's make no mistake about it. You know, um, I'm not super shredded or anything like that, but, but you know, when I take off, Come my, on.
1: you're like, you're like Brad Pitt's twin. Uh,
0: not, not quite. You know, if, if, if Brad's a 10, I mean, we're both males, so that that's a plus, right? Um, but, you know, if I take off my shirt, people know I work out, right? Um, right. So so often this time of season, I will take off my shirt. Now, if you're a CrossFitter, you know, it's common for guys to take off their shirt in the gym, especially when it gets hot, right? Right. So um, last year, and this has happened to me probably two or three times, Um We have, we 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 can address your question also, Jacqueline. Um, But uh, two or three times, and last year was probably the most obnoxious one. So I'm at this local park. You know, one of the reasons why where I live is very popular is we have kind of almost like a Central Park here in Eagan, Minnesota, Um, and it's a huge park. And a lot of hiking trails, things of that nature, Um, horse trails. So I have my shirt off. You know, I'm not bothering anyone. I'm not. You know, I'm trying to get some vitamin D. Um, Right. And uh, this woman, very obnoxiously, says, "How would you like it if I took my shirt off?" Have, Have you ever? Have you ever heard of this? Because this has happened to me. At least three times. Are you kidding me? Yes, yes. So you are kidding. No, I am not kidding you. The um, and so so, I, I guess she thought. I
1: mean, I, are you like standing there, like Mister America, like in a flex pose? No, like, typically
0: I have on like typically I have on headphones or something. But this one was you know a little bit different, and it it wouldn't have been because usually I'll put my shirt on once I get to like the main area where like the the you know, the park rangers live and stuff like that. Um, right. I'll put on my shirt around there. Cause you know, there's more people. Um, right. though I don't know that I necessarily need to. So anyway, so what I say to this woman was, I don't understand. Like, wh- what do you mean? And she's like, <laughs> she's like, well, don't you think it's unfair that you can take your shirt off, but I can't take my shirt off. And I was like, honey, you got the wrong dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, That's so funny. I, I'm like, I'm like, are you really threatening me with exposing your breasts? Because right. frankly, right. I'm gonna call your bluff. I'm keeping my shirt off. You do the, you do you, boo, right? But but I I just think it, it's interesting, and it was sort of a, you know I don't know I I hate to even like talk about this show because you know, very conflicted by it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. they had the episode of American Housewife where um the the woman uh was insecure about her body around the neighbors um uh, and and at the local pool, right? And uh I just think it it's so interesting that this narrative is is sort of out there. Um, and, and the thing I don't like about that show is that it really, um, you know, in, in comedic, you know, the big things in comedy, the things that you can't talk about, you know, most of them, you know, are pretty common, but it's it's very common to call people fat um, in in comedic circles. You know, you saw that with Chris Christie, right? Like people are still doing that with Chris Christie like body shaming him um and uh you know i i think it's interesting to me that that is um a thing you know um i think that if most people saw what we saw on a daily basis and knew what we knew um Mm -hmm. that their perspectives would change quite a bit but what I remember most about this American housewife, I mean, you know, we're we're in the days of the internet, right? Right. I mean, all shapes and sizes are welcomed at this point, right? Everyone knows this, you know, there's no like one single thing. There's this smorgasbord of things that um, people are attracted to and it, it seems to be fairly well known. But what I remember thinking... I mean, well, the first thing I remember, because she gets to the point of the episode where she takes off her cover-up, you know, um, and first thought was, wow, she looks right. awesome. Like, my first thought was, man, they have to work hard to make her look bad, you know? Yeah. And then when she jumped into the pool, what you could see is that she she works out, right? She had really well-defined legs um and uh i just think that it's really interesting when we talk about body type and body shaming and 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 things of this nature i i lie on the side of let it all hang out you know what i mean (laughs) like like be confident now you know you you can have a bikini body now right um so i
1: think that comes with age a little bit too I know for myself as a woman, like at this point in the game, I'm like, well, I'm not going backwards.
0: So I don't I'm know. As
1: well,
0: I don't know about that. I mean, I think that you know, it's probably a little bit easier for you. You know, I think that. I mean, obviously, we know that bikini season is terrifying for a lot of people. Right. You know, right. and if your build is. You know, a little bit more muscular as a female, you know, and you are, I mean, I talk about this a lot. I think if you would ask people what, you know, a healthy weight is, you get a lot of 120s, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Average female, 5'5, five, five, 155. You know, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people we talk to, females that are five nine five ten that want to be 130, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like contrary to the way that your body wants to be in a lot of instances, you know, I mean, we have, you know, there was a question, how can I detox my body to stop craving sugar? Wrong side for that. Um, We, we we believe that the good majority of people that have that problem uh, they're under eating and therefore they're looking for energy dense sources and therefore What are the energy-dense sources? It's going to be fats and sugar, right? Right. Um, And so, you know, the that you open that gate, so if you view sugar as bad, you know, then we got run into some problems. But it sort of brings up an interesting point of a client that came to us at about, you know, I think she started at somewhere in the neighborhood of about 285 pounds. And, you know, when people come to us initially, they come in with preconceived notions, right? Mm-hmm. Of calories that they need to eat to lose fat and all this other type of stuff, which is interesting yeah. because why would you hire a coach if you already know what your the answers oh, right. to your problems are, right? And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a second too. Um, but what I remember the most was that as we started to up her calories, she was really surprised at how she was leaning out in the process. Now, you know, she's coupling that with great work capacity, right? Right. And so as her work capacity is going up, she's got more energy because of food. Um. I mean, it brings up the, the topic of alcohol. I'll try and bring that up a little bit later since it's, Sanco, yeah. de Mayo. it's, it's Mayo. Um, Cinco de Mayo.
1: Yeah, it's Cinco Mayo. Cinco de
0: but she's she's done a few cycles where she's had fat loss cycles where she's more acutely you know um, lost weight 10 15 pounds at a time um, mostly 15 pounds at a time you know when you have a little bit more weight it's a little bit easier to work with um that that's the thing that bothers me about the whole fatties thing right and using that word. How many people do we talk to on a daily basis that are eating 1200 calories and can't lose weight that are like yeah. 275 yeah. pounds as females, right? Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, dieting is not unfamiliar to them. Right. Right. So, you know, but right now, I think right now she's eating somewhere in the neighborhood of about 3000 calories. Um, she eats more than me. Um, and in the last three weeks, she's down eight pounds and, you know, I, I mean, we have a million of those stories, but it's always kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and then there's someone saying it's a hormone issue, not a calorie issue. Um, it, it's a calorie issue from the standpoint that they're not eating enough calories to actually right. function as a human being. But I do I am going to actually make the argument that most people don't have a calorie issue. Right. But in a different way. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that want to get out the narrative. You know, it's a, it's a hormone issue. Therefore under eat carbs. Um, sugar is bad, bad bad foods, bad, this bad, that. Um, I think
1: they're used to looking at making excuses.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's Solution, so let's make an excuse,
0: yeah. And I mean, when has making yourself into a victim ever really worked out? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my
1: god, yeah, yeah, like, yes, yeah,
0: like in general, you know, trying to take the power really does make a lot of sense, um and so that's where i think uh you know we we can kind of take this narrative because there's a few things that i wanted to talk about you know we've already covered a few things um but i wanted to really talk about fitbit because we've had a number of of discussions about you know i mean we're obviously big into steps we're big into making sure that you're getting low intensity work and, and stuff like that but what I really wanted to talk about with the Fitbit is not steps um, because I don't think that that's actually the thing that's going to make a big difference for people. It's their new approach to sleep. Um, yeah. And it was always helpful to get the sleep information, but now they're starting to break it into what types of sleep you get. And that, for anybody that has it, is an eye-opener. Oh, yeah it is you know because
1: like, like
0: watching a nightmare <laughs> it, well it's a little bit like watching a nightmare um one of the things that happens for a lot of people right so they come in to eat to perform and you know 98 of the people you know when we do our our qualifying entry form they um put their their main goal as fat loss right so right. i get that um I'd say of that 98% 89% you know have extremely dysfunctional uh sleeping patterns, right? Mm-hmm. And so when your sleep is bad and you're trying to get fat loss, it's sort of like taking a nuclear bomb to kill a cockroach, right? Yes, you may kill the cockroach, but you're going to mess up a lot of stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so when we look at, you know, and this is a little bit of the discussion that we were having with the example that I used of the gal that has a little bit more weight to use, um, a little bit more fat to use. um, And why she's been so successful in taking a slow and gradual approach and eating more, not eating less. Um when you fix i mean one of the one of the like memes that we used to put out there was fix week first right um if i had to redo that right now knowing what i know and seeing what i see i mean seeing the data it's shocking to me Uh that my fitness pal has not been able to use the data that they're getting. And part of it is because of the way that they think about the data that they're getting. They still think about the narrative of, you have to eat less to use that, right? So when you come at it from that standpoint, all you can think about is how can my data support my thesis, right? Fitbit doesn't really come at it from that standpoint. So from that standpoint, I think they're at a little bit of an advantage. Now their food logger is getting a little bit better. And I think that, you know, once that starts to come together a little bit, we're going to be solving some, some bigger problems. But the problem, the biggest problem that most people have is that they come in with a narrative that they think that they know what the answer is and they think that that moment that they had in vegas where they had three margaritas you know messed everything up right and that's a little bit of the sugar comments and that's a little bit of the the hormone comments so let me give you some specific examples of what it shows you and why it's important so i've only seen four pieces of data um four four days of data but you know there's three things that i think everyone should do that are just eye opening from the minute you see it. Logging Mm -hmm. food is one of them, right? Right. Logging food. I mean, we used to do it where we would tell people just log what you normally eat and immediately they would start correcting their behavior. We never actually saw how they actually ate. Right. Yeah. Because they immediately started steps is another, right? Most people, Aren't aware of steps, they think they get in a fair amount of steps, um, and they don't oftentimes. And then the other is this sleep, you
1: know?
0: Mm -hmm. Um, so, so far, I'm at 10% deep sleep. Now, men, and I'm still doing a little bit of research on this, um, men get less deep sleep than women. Um, I
1: got 14.
0: Yeah. My, my, um, Vicky is blowing me out of the water. Right. Um, now part of the issue when you look at percentage is Mm -hmm. I sleep longer, you know, than Mm -hmm. she does. So 10% of, you know, eight and a half hours is, is not going to stack up Mm -hmm. as well. Um, my percentage against other males, my age, um, is, is, about three percent better um but once again if we're talking about percentage then not only is my percentage better but i also you know because of the insights that they give you i get about an hour and a half more sleep than most males my age so not only you know they're judging it based off the seven percent that they're getting off of six and a half hours. I'm getting ten percent off eight to eight and a half hours. So that's a that's that's big in terms of yeah. you know um and you go well why why is deep sleep important? Well that's when you recover. You know, that's when you start to get I mean has how long have you had it and has it been eye opening for you?
1: It just started this week for me. So I only have two days. Yeah. And it is like, so my, so like about seven hours of sleep. So I got an hour and nine minutes of deep sleep. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's crazy. But the thing is, here's the other thing that I would say about, about this is that people, don't like get hung up on it, just like body fat percentages or, you know, you can placebo affect yourself to make yourself feel so tired looking at this, not really understanding. It's okay. And you can still function.
0: Yeah. Right. So like Becky McCutcheon is saying that she is at 19%. Well, let me give you an example where 19% would be bad. What if you were 19% but you only slept four hours?
1: correct
0: yeah right so so percentage you know isn't near as valuable i would say as minutes and then when you look at testosterone hgh you know now there is an argument from a scientific standpoint that these numbers aren't very accurate um in a lot of ways you can get really caught up in that type of stuff you know, I mean, that's where nerding goes a little too far, you know, right? because <laughs> what you're really trying to do is just get more information to yes. work on better habits. And, you know, when, if, if you were to see what I see on a daily basis, you would not think that the majority of people have a calorie problem. You would think that the majority of the people have a sleeping problem, you know, right. And so we talk a a lot of our, but the thing is, is that what Fitbit is showing you has been around for a while, you know, there's been, you know, but people aren't, people don't view their sleep as the problem, you know, they they don't realize that when you get four hours sleep, you don't feel like going to the gym, you know, you're pushing yourself You know, and we see people
1: counterproductive. Not only do you you not feel like it, but when you go, it's just counterproductive.
0: Yeah. You're working out at 60%. So, you know, you'd be better off, you know, relaxing and trying to find some, some healthy habits. I have to say, I don't know. You know, we'll see how it goes. Um, I am sort of thinking about doing my caffeine thing again. Just, oh, boy. Just, just because...
1: <laughs> oh, boy.
0: Right. That's, Vicky says that because, you know, when I'm not using caffeine, it affects her because I'm the one that makes the coffee for us, right? Have, have you seen her little um, text message to me where she um, sends me a picture of a cup of coffee and then a monkey? And she's like... <laughs> so, that's awesome. Like, hey coffee monkey, I need my coffee here. You know Um, so I, I feel like if there's any one takeaway from this episode, right? And oh by the way, you know, to the person that's craving sugar, guess what happens when you undersleep, right? You're not as energetic. So what are you going to crave? More energy dense sources like carbohydrates and fats. And so, is that going to be helpful as it relates to your fat loss journey? Probably not. See a lot of people that, you know, are getting four hours sleep. And, you know, once again, it's sort of like what we said in last week's podcast. What you think is the solution is actually causing the problem, right? So, undereating, you know, will often cause you to have dysfunctional sleep and it's not allowing for appropriate rest cycles. And we do get a lot of people that will say I work split shift, you know, yeah. um all these different things. That gets very difficult to deal with. But mm-hmm. in truth, that is kind of your choice, right? Like you're right. choosing, you know, and be, well, it's my job and I have to make money and it's like that's fine. But a lot of people have jobs that they don't have to do that, you know? Right. And, and nap,
1: do naps count? Like getting naps in? Naps can can't
0: count. I mean, naps can be a little bit distracting. But if you asked me if you had five hours sleep, should I take a nap? I would say yes. Right? Yeah. You know? But if you have the chance to have regular sleep, you should do right. it. Right. You know? Right. Um, the other topic that I wanted to talk about today Um, But but I want to make no, no mistake about it. You know, if you said to me, what should I fix first? You know, and we sell fat loss solutions and coaching, right? Um, Yep. We can help you sleep better. And that's going to affect your fat loss in ways that, you know, um, just -hmm. trying to eat less constantly never will. You know, I mean you know, we have no problem taking away calories if that's what needs to happen. But in the good majority of cases, you know, we see a lot of people, there are, you know, there are people that can function well at a lower calorie point, um, and, and still get good rest, still get deep sleep. Um, and I think that once I, I think that that's people that have yeah, sleep. those are called
1: cyborgs.
0: Well, I think that they've had sleep as a priority in the, their life, and so they're more likely to have success um, as calories go down. So that's something to keep in mind. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was sodium. You know, on um, the two, the two oh, other yeah. topics, you know, these are interesting topics because, you know, yeah. once again, they sort of stand in contrast to what everyone else is teaching out there. Um, and, and in a lot of ways people are going to look at the second part of that I'm going to talk about with performance and they're going to go wait a second that sounds like a contrast to what you teach and it really isn't you know because there's you know different ways to view things at different periods so um, the one thing that I wanted to talk about is sodium because there's so many people you know, once again, it's it's almost as if the standard advice that you get. I, I mean, the the cable guy was was putting my Direct TV in the other day, and the Today Show was on, and there was like these fitnessy folks, and mm-hmm. I just I I just it hurt my brain to listen to them talk, you know, and they they were talking about like myths, and like they didn't even just scratch the surface you know the simple fact is is sodium is abundant in nature because combined with potassium it allows for the electrical bond that happens all over your body that you know makes all things work right and so when you're active when you're sweaty when you're doing great things you can get away with more sodium if you're a relatively sedentary person you know, eating cold cuts for your protein sources. You know, <laughs> sodium's probably an issue for you. But right. if you're an active person and you're seasoning your meats and things like this, now don't get me wrong. You know, um, if you take your sodium down to 500 milligrams or a thousand milligrams, you're going to pull more water out of your body, right? right. But that causes more problems. Right. Right. And so a lot of the standard recommendations that you get, you know, um, 2,500 is like kind of the maximum that everyone puts out there. You know, I would argue that for active people that can be low, you know? Um, Yeah, for sure. I mean, do we we see people eating five and eight mil, 8,000 milligrams? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And when you can get them eating somewhere in the neighborhood of 2,500 to 3,000 most days, you know, they lose like five to six pounds immediately, you know? right? So it does make a difference. No question about it. But keeping it absurdly low with absurdly low calories, that's the other thing too. Like so many times people are trying to undereat and the only way to make, you know, protein and, and vegetables, you know, even remotely appetizing is to season it. (laughs) So, you know, um, (laughs) which brings me there was on a big bang theory yesterday. Uh, you know, Sheldon's obviously the nerd character. Um, he's like, his like go-to meal was plain oatmeal.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. So, um, that, that's what Um, I think, you know, in this pursuit of the Holy grail of fat loss, I just feel like most people are looking at it the absolute wrong way. Oh yeah. The other thing that that um, and, and and sodium is very useful, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But but once again, what are we talking about? Sodium combined with potassium. What are good sources of potassium? Well, leafy greens are a good sources of potassium, so that's a good thing. Okay, but potatoes, potatoes is like a powerhouse for potassium, but potatoes are bad for a lot of people, right? And so, you know, when you can lose that good food, bad food thing, you can actually allow your body to function the way that it wants to function. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about before I get into um, the, uh, so Troy's still kind of pushing the, the keto thing. You know, I I kind of knew he was was doing ketogenic dieting based on his whole hormone thing. That's kind of a popular narrative within um, ketogenic dieting. Is um yeah, I mean you know when you're ketogenic dieting, as an example, um, you can get away with more sodium. Um, your cortisol levels do tend to go through the roof. Um, you can get away with more sodium because sodium is going to allow for the you know the electrical combination that's going to go bring your carbohydrates to your muscles right so when your muscles aren't hydrated you know you can have a lot more sodium because you're avoiding carbohydrates you know Mm -hmm. um but it's not more beneficial for fat loss and in a lot of ways you know what ends up happening for a lot of people is they get sort of that skinny fat look um, where you know they're just not allowing their muscle enough um you know hydration to do an adequate amount of work right and uh and also they hit a wall right yeah i mean they hit like like frying pan and to the face work. Wall. and
1: then there's that yes yeah.
0: yeah so um the other thing that i wanted to talk about was performance right and you know I think it's sort of interesting as we're having these discussions of, of carbohydrates, you know, a lot of times when you're in fat loss, you know, there's going to be some manipulation of, of, you know, carb cycling, which does involve some layer of, of, you know, carbs going down or carbs going down on certain days, which I think is much more favorable than just going, here's my bad foods, often walking away with a bad relationship with food. Um, and, you know, drinking bacon grease for for breakfast. Um, <laughs> happens, Sarah. It, does. it happens. Um, so um, the thing with performance, okay, so a lot of times when somebody's in fat loss, usually if they start off, they're not overly aware of their steps. And so right. let's say that they come in and they're at 4,000 steps. And we are able to transition them to be more aware. And then, you know, as their, um, calories are coming down, we we've got their sleep working well, all these things positive, right. Um, becoming more aware of steps helps them. Right. And so, um, if you were at 4,000 steps, uh, getting to 8,000 steps, um, is sort of like using your step trunk card. Um, I'm going to have right. to like, you know, blow my nose there. <laughs> um, so if you're listening to the podcast, no big deal. If you're watching on Facebook, you're like, what just happened? Um, <laughs> what's the joke? What's the joke?
1: Just don't tell the boogie joke.
0: Don't. Don't how, do it. How do you make a tissue dance? Don't. Um, so the, uh, anyway, long story short. Um every time you use something, you've used that trump card, right? So once right. you go from four thousand steps to eight thousand steps, well, you've used that trump card and your body's mm-hmm. going to adjust. So now maybe going to twelve thousand makes some sense and then going to fifteen thousand. I will say this, and this is one of the things that we see often, and you know, once again, you know, I'm not trying to tick off runners. But I'm trying to make people aware that what works at a certain point, like as an example, in in Troy's case, right? Mr. Keto guy, you know, he's eating his spinach, you know, for his potassium, you know, and then all of a sudden he's eating, you know, um, five pounds of spinach a day, right? I mean, when you first started adding in the spinach, it was a plus. By the time right. you got to five pounds of spinach, it became a real negative, right? Right. So anything that you do, you can overdo, and you won't always see the pluses. Hold can, can you talk about that for a second?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, instead of substituting, you know, the, the your like your potatoes, like get your potatoes in because it's more. You're just going to get more.
0: Yeah, and so the um when we talk about running. Okay. We had an example yesterday on our, or on our coaching call of someone who runs the Boston marathon, right? So she's a, she's a runner. You you have to qualify for the Boston marathon, you know? So, so you're serious about it when you're doing that. Um, and we were talking about fat loss and, and how, you know, to structure a program that, that made sense for her. Um, But she's kind of used the, you know, once you're up to marathon level, you sort of use the whole running trump card, right? And so you got to think about it a little bit differently. So what I wanted to talk about is what do you do? So you've fat loss. Your steps are now 15,000, and you've reached your goal. Now what do you do? Okay, well, one, I think keeping a healthy amount of steps up Makes sense. But moving right. from, say, 15000 to to um, 12000 might actually be more beneficial because right. now we can talk about doing work. So what kind of work are we talking about? So um, I'll give you an example of a routine that I'm doing. And what I typically do is I like to work out Um, using different parts of my body, um, and I like to work out every single day. So, for yesterday, I was doing Bulgarian split squats, um, unweighted, um, lunges, and back extensions. And so... For lunges, I was doing 200. Bulgarian split squats, I did 100. And for back extensions, I did 100. And That's a lot. And previous to that, okay, well, it may seem like a lot, but it really wasn't a lot, you know, um, based on the volume that I've worked up to, right? So I started off with Bulgarian split squats and lunges, you know, at a lower amount, and you go, wow, gosh, this guy's gonna do three hundred lunges and three hundred Bulgarian split squat. Like you don't just up the volume all the time. Right. You up the resistance. Now, what's interesting, and and sometimes you know, once you start to figure out these little tricks and how your body works, you kind of want to use them all the time. But but you've got to get to a point where you um, don't, right. Right, And so um, I know that on leg day, uh, this is a, another interesting thing. On leg day, I'm going to lose somewhere in the neighborhood of a pound to a pound and a half on those days typically. And you mm-hmm. go, well, okay, what do your steps look like? That's the interesting part. Lower. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm not asking people to go full on bodybuilder or anything like that. Right. But it is helpful to know how bodybuilders train, how people build their body, how people do lean mass. So if you're a bodybuilder, okay. You work out three to five hours a day, right? You're eating somewhere in the neighborhood of six to 10,000 calories a day. And you're scared to death of walking upstairs, right? Like I am not joking. You know, like the way that they think of, of catabolism is almost unhealthy, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And they're much more inclined to diet. Now, of course, when you're eating six to 10,000 calories a day, you can diet a little bit more effectively. And of course, if you have more muscle mass, typically it's a little bit easier, still one of the roughest sports to participate. And like Mm -hmm. the reward is almost nothing, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And often leads to a bad relationship with food. But for us regular folks, right, when you're having leg day and you go out and do 20,000 steps, I'm not saying you ruined your workout, but a bodybuilder would say that to you. Right. 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 And so having some understanding of what you're trying to do. I mean, one of the best podcasts we ever did you might be able to find it by Googling "e to perform" and and Alex Vieta, uh, V-I- mm-hmm. V I
1: hybrid. If you if you do Alex Vieta hybrid e to perform.
0: Yeah, V I A D um, A. Anyway, long story short, um, the way that he talks about it is sort of similar to what I'm talking about, right? You want to um, have your volume be around the time where you're working on volume. And you want your intensity kind of farther apart from that. So if you were to say, uh, you know, do a long run every Saturday, you know, you might want to do your heavy lifting on, you know, Tuesdays and then in between do some type of accessory work for whatever those are, right? And the way that he thinks about that, I mean was one of the most interesting books I've ever read. Um because when you think of it, you know, knowing Alex a little bit, you know he's a, you know, he's an ultra marathoner, he's a super power lifter. And um you think, man, I'm gonna read the most um beast mode book ever. And mm-hmm. it's all about recovery. You know? Mm-hmm. And uh it, it, there's just not enough talk about that, you know, within the industry, because, you know, in terms of body composition, you know, everyone's always talking about how to, you know, get the the, the most from your body while eating the least. Right. Right. Um, but when you look at, you know, professional athletes, CrossFit games, athletes, you know, all these types of folks that are doing these great things, you know, um. Long story short is they're eating an adequate amount of food and they're getting oh, yeah. an adequate amount of rest. I mean, you know, I have had the luxury of being able to see how those guys sleep, and uh, you know, not only do they get, you know, eight to nine hours sleep, but a lot of times there's napping involved as well. You know, yeah. especially when they can do it, it's their job, things of that nature. So, um, uh kind of ending on that. So anyway, long story short, when you're going to performance, okay? You really want to push the volume and intensity side of things. And when I say mm-hmm. intensity, what I mean is I'm not going to just do Bulgarian split squats. I'm probably right. g- like when, you know, when I'm doing GHD sit-ups, okay? Um I'll probably start adding in a 35-pound plate. You know, I'm not going to – there's – you know, at a certain certain point in terms of volume, it's sort of like the running thing, right? Right. I mean, you can run a half marathon. You can run a marathon. You can run an ultra, you know. Um, right. At the end of the day, we're not always using fat. A lot of time, we end up using, you know, just dehydrating yourself, you know. So we'll see – major major um water swings with those athletes Mm -hmm. right and so um being a little bit more aware of hydration kind of sodium carbohydrates all that stuff is is really super important so as you start to transition from um fat loss to performance really looking at volume and intensity really makes a difference and actually kind of parsing down some of the steps might make some sense because at a certain point you're just earning food you know right um not all that right but but at the end of the day what we're really trying to do is um you know put high quality fuel into the system so you get high quality output right um anyway ending on the note with alcohol I'm a big believer that if you have alcohol and you move to any kind of health system that if you take alcohol out of the equation, you're ultimately just using a trump card that you're just going to bring back in. And so at the end of the day, you'd be better off creating your plan around using alcohol. Okay. Right. So let's say that you were using alcohol and your goal is fat loss. Right. And like a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are eating much less than this. But I'm going to use an example of a female eating fifteen hundred calories. Right. Okay. She drinks two glasses of wine. What's the macros on two glasses of wine, Sarah? like, give me some idea.
1: I can tell you. I can tell you like that. It's twenty two grams of fat and fifty grams of carbs.
0: OK, so calories are I what? I
1: drink wine. What,
0: Calories are what?
1: Um, I
0: don't even know what to do my, my, count. I don't even what know. What was the, what were the fats you said?
1: 50, 50 grams of carbs.
0: Yeah. So that's so 200.
1: Like 400.
0: Okay. So basically of the 1500 calories that person uses for that day, four 400, 400 of them really weren't that valuable as it relates to adding to the system. Right. So, right. so now let's say that you were eating 3000 calories a day. Right. As a female. Now, all of a sudden you can add four, 400 empty calories and it's no, no big deal. Right. Right. So in a way, of course, the alcohol will work against you in that instance. There are a lot of professional athletes that don't have alcohol for this reason. Every single nutrient that they bring into their body, they want to be right. useful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know.
0: And so that is something that, you know, you want to keep in mind as it relates to alcohol. But I'm a fan of people drinking alcohol, right? I I, I Why think are
1: you to take my wine away then.
0: Yeah, I think trying- I'm not trying to take your wine away. I'm trying to I'm trying to get you to do more, right? Up your
1: do more, so I can drink more wine. Up yes. your volume,
0: your intensity, all these different things, right? But up, as you up it, if you always view yourself as having a calorie problem, then right. and and you're always under eating, then you know alcohol doesn't necessarily work to you know that favor. I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, I can think of people in my life, right, that half their calories come from alcohol. Yeah, that's
1: a lot. That's a lot.
0: <laughs> right? Like, yeah. you know, that that's a real good... There's
1: a lot of people that do that, yeah.
0: There's a lot of people that do that where they're under eating just so they can have their alcohol so they can relax at the end of the day. But I think mm-hmm. if they started tracking their sleep, what they find is that they've got disruptive sleep patterns, things of that nature. You know, of mm-hmm. course, if you're not adding um, to your system... You know, if you're not giving your body the raw materials it needs to mm-hmm. function, I mean, why do males, you know, and to a certain extent, females, obviously, our body, your body's constantly trying to kill you, folks. Like, that's just the way it is, right? As you age.
1: Oh, can you please title this podcast that? Your that bo- would be awesome.
0: <laughs> your body's trying to kill you.
1: And so. so- Don't forget the folks at the
0: end. Your body's trying to kill you folks. Um, But your job is to fight that doing things and eating things that add to the system, right? Is there an argument for alcohol? I think many people make that case for for alcohol all the time. And I am a big supporter of those things, right? All the people that are supportive of dark chocolate, I'm supportive of those things too. Right. Right. Like, like the people that come on and they go, um, what do you think about low fat dieting? What do you think about high fat dieting? I'm a fan of getting in an adequate amount of fats, an adequate amount of proteins, an adequate amount of carbs. Typically, at a relatively high calorie point, right? right? Like I think that that's a much better solution yeah. in terms of sleep, in terms of recovery, in terms of giving your body the raw materials that it needs to hold on to lean mass and potentially build lean mass, right? Right. So when we talk about alcohol, is like alcohol in moderation does it have some benefit? I believe it does. You know.
1: I listen. Amen. Right. Red wine, in particular. Amen. Praise Jehovah! It has healing benefits.
0: Yes, so um, so we'll end on that note. Um, but if you're in fat loss, trying to have you know some level of moderation, also like when you're eating less, um, the alcohol has more acute effect, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, as most people know, it was funny we've been watching that first dates show. Oh um, yeah. Which I, I'm really liking that show, but it was funny because they were, they asked the one lady um, if she was willing to do shots and she's like, Oh my God, no, I've only had half of a granola bar, you know? So most everybody knows, you know, yeah, that yeah. that's the case. Yeah. Um. All right. So we will end on that note. Um, hopefully we covered a lot of ground seemed like people were really interested. I, I really think that if you haven't gotten the update I think most people have had the got the, gotten the update at this point from Fitbit. Um, very enlightening um, working to more deep sleep and you know I haven't really seen it be a huge problem but it does look like 12 to 18 you know, percent is where they kind of have you shooting for. I just wonder if that's 12 to 18 percent with six hours sleep because I'd be at 12 to 18% on six hours sleep. Right. Yeah. But when you're getting eight, eight to eight and a half, I feel like where I'm at is actually pretty good, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So I'm probably going to do a little bit more research. It's probably going to be something that comes up more in um, the upcoming weeks, but I, I believe it's the key to obesity. I genuinely do. You know, um, I don't believe that, you know, getting four hours sleep allows for you to deal with stress, allows for you to deal with your life the way that, you know, we would all like to. All right, guys. I appreciate everybody listening. And like I said, happy Cinco de Mayo. Do you want to say goodbye to everybody?
1: Goodbye, everybody. Enjoy your weekend.
0: All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye now.